have decided to take a position of being kind and put kindness in the world and working really hard. So um, again, when I said I prayed about this and I told God, like, whenever I figure this out and whenever I have my roadmap, I'm going to help another woman figure it out and have her roadmap too. Welcome to Beyond the Pretty, a podcast for the modern photographer in a world full of selfies. I'm Liz, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about the business side of photography, building generational wealth, and being healthy while doing it. Are you ready? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh my gosh, it's our first episode. Welcome to Beyond the Pretty, the podcast. I am Liz, your host. This is episode one, and let me just tell you, I am so excited for this journey that we're getting ready to be on. Um, This podcast has been in the making for a very long time. Uh, I started recording episodes in 2017, and I never released them out of fear, guys, never. So uh, circling back to this and redoing uh, this and deciding to continue on and to make the podcast has been um, something that I wanted to do. Uh, for a long time, and it's a blessing to get this done. So for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Elizabeth Davis. Um, My business is Elizabeth Austin Photography. I've been in business for about six years now. Um, I've been very blessed to travel the world to shoot weddings. Uh, My girls, my team have been with me every step of the way. I've always said that, you know, my success has been, you know, something that uh, encompass the people that are around me and the team that I've been able to to build. Um, and they've built me as well in terms of helping me with my confidence and all of that good stuff. So they are going to be a part of this podcast. You get to hear from both of them. Um, and then also my other friends that have, you know, been a part of this journey a- along the way. So what is this podcast about? Um, I want to tell you guys more about it, and then we're going to get to today's topic, which is talking about pivoting um, and all that good stuff, especially now with everything that's happening with COVID. So um, Beyond the Pretty was something that I wanted to start in 2018. Um, I was burnt out. I was really going through a hard time in my personal life. And I was putting so much work in and so much emphasis in on building my business, I forgot to make sure that I was building myself. And I wanted to have a platform that really was, you know, to help other photographers and really just deal with all of the things that come into play with running a business, being first generation, you know, uh, entrepreneur, not really having a roadmap when I first started, and then really moving into being very strategic in my messaging and my marketing and honing in all all of that to be able to see the type of success that I've seen today. Um, In the beginning of my career, I had a really hard time and I'm very... Uh, transparent about that. You're actually going to hear from one of my dear friends, Maria. She's going to be on this podcast. Um, And the the editorial that I did with her was the catalyst of starting, you know, my career. But it wasn't easy. You know, um, I have not always had the, the best time when it comes to reaching out to people. But I have I have decided to take a position of being kind and put kindness in the world and working really hard. So um, again, when I said I prayed about this and I told God, like, whenever I figure this out and whenever I have my roadmap, I'm going to help another woman figure it out and have her roadmap too. Even though mine has been really windy, guys, like this has not been, you know, a straight and narrow journey. It's been one for the history books and (laughs) it's been interesting. 
But beyond the pretty is looking beyond the images that we're creating, making sure that we are, you know, honing into, you know, what is going to make us happy, but also making money while doing it. You know, um, I was selling my sh myself short for a while there and I don't want you to do that. So that's what beyond the pretty is. That's what it's about. We have a whole Instagram um, dedicated to all this uh, behind the scenes type stuff. And we're gonna have a website webinars, educational stuff, all that stuff is coming. But for, for now, we're starting with the podcast. This is a limited series podcast. Um, I'm going to have uh, maybe maybe 15 episodes on each season. So each episode can be very intentional um, and talk to a lot of my friends in the industry and uh, a lot of people outside of the industry because I feel like me, the way that I've learned to run my business has really been looking outside of weddings and outside of photography and having some really good conversations with other entrepreneurs and how they were able to do it, okay? All right, so we're gonna get to today's topic. Um, and we're gonna talk about pivoting um, because that is a huge topic right now, especially inside of photography um, with you know COVID happening and basically taking us out. Like this year has been one to really sit back and examine what's important, especially for me, because your girl travels a lot. That is just a part of my story. You know, um, I shoot weddings, like I said, all over the country. I've only shot one wedding in the city that I've lived in. Um, and this is really, and this just really happened because of my husband's job. We've moved a couple times. Um, he's a mechanical engineer and he was in a rotational program. So out of necessity to be able to keep my business going and to keep it, you know, um, thriving through our moves, I've had to go to different places where there were clients that wanted to book me, right? Um, and so with that being said, with pivoting right now, I know that this year I've has been a lot and I'm like stumbling over my words because like, I feel like COVID almost took me out, like in terms of my business, you know, like, and dealing with the climate of just like where we are as a country, just everything, it has been like 2020 has been like a major shift, right? So I, it was really interesting because I give 2020 um, the word of the year, like every year I give a word and this year was grace. And that, and the reason why I originally gave, you know, the word of the year to be grace is to give myself more of it because I feel like, there's no harder critic on me than myself. And if I can extend some grace to myself when I make mistakes or, you know, as I learn and as I am in uncomfortable in these spaces that I'm occupying, um, then I, this year will be better than the last year. But 2020 had other plans. <laughs> and 2020 has shown me that grace needs to be extended to everyone in, in this position, you know? Um, and it's been really eye-opening um, with the changes that have been happening, right? So from COVID happening and wiping away so much of my income, I wanna say I lost about 75% of my income this year, but I've been very blessed that I have two other businesses to fall back on and really recoup, being able to recoup a lot of that money through my other businesses. And then also, you know, with the social justice movement, I think that that is something that's really important. Um, I personally feel like I'm exhausted by talking about it because I took the stance of, you know, having these tough conversations. My family right now lives in Kentucky and 
the area that we live in right now uh, is not really open to those type of conversations. Like there weren't a lot of, you know, marches and things like that. I'm not trying to generalize where I live, but just from, you know, my perspective, I felt that it was safer for my family to be able to take uh, these, uh, have these tough conversations online and try to, you know, talk to my industry peers, you know? Um, And the outcome has been interesting to say the least there has been some really good people trying to make change and i say that they're awakening to the black lives matter movement because you know the conversations that are happening now in public are conversations that me and my friends have been having from the very beginning um like just wanting our good work to kind of stand out for itself so now that all of this really started and unfortunately started with the death of george floyd Um, and it permeating in every area of my life. It's really, uh, I have a lot of hope that we're going to see change, but then also I'm hesitant because um, I don't want, I've seen things kind of turn into being performative, you know, and we took a stance of, and what I mean we is I had a group of of individuals, uh, vendors that really just came together because of this experience and really wanted to shine the light on others that like we've been here, you know, in terms of making good content, good images, having good weddings. So being good is not the problem. So like we all came together and we made this pledge and it's called the inclusivity pledge. And I'm going to post it on, um, on beyond the pretty code so that you guys can see it so that you can read it because we wanted to give a blueprint of the starting point of what this conversation needs to be and um that has been something uh, of the way for me to be able to to lend my voice to be able to make change for the next girl that wants to be a photographer or the next girl that's getting married and wants to see her face in these magazines right so doing all of that and dealing with all of that in the middle of losing so much money has been really difficult. And I think one of the things, and I didn't even talk about homeschooling, okay? Like I'm a mom with two two small kids and we have been quarantined together since March. I have so much respect for every stay-at-home mom. You are amazing. You can do, like you, the, what you do on a daily basis, I, I just have so much respect for you and teachers as well. Because me trying to do all of that and work, I think my kids went on a summer break super early because I was so over it, right? (laughs) Anyways, like dealing with all of that, losing so much income and then people's lives, you know, changing and affecting like from a a virus that is real, that is out there, that is killing people. um, It's been a lot. So we want to talk about like through all of this, how, you know, you can um, maintain your business and pivoting into something else and what that looks like for you. But before we get started on that, and I know I'm going on a long tangent, guys, but I really want you to think about your business as what it is today. And I want you to think about areas in your business that you can improve, because I really feel like we know some of the problems inside of our business. It's just a matter of us taking the time to address them and taking the time to change them. So if you have an area of saying, you know what, I don't have a CRM. If you don't have a CRM and I was you, and I'm, this is coming from experience. I didn't have a CRM for the first three three years of my business because your girl didn't want to pay $20 a month or however much it is. I didn't want to pay it. And at the end of the day, because I didn't see it as $20 a month, I saw it as $20 for a lifetime of my business, (laughs) like that monthly cost. But 
what I've learned over time and especially really streamlining my business is you have to have some kind of system behind the scenes to run things for you. Um, so if you don't have a CRM, if you um, have past clients that still need wedding albums and you haven't you know, uh, defined that process, I'm gonna have my VA on here. We're gonna talk about how I was able to update my, my uh, streamline my album process to make it better. Um, I really want you to look in your business before you do anything else. I really want you to make sure that your business is running the way that it should be before you add or pivot or do anything else. Okay. Cause that was really important to me that I did that within, within my photography business before I added the other two businesses that I run. Okay. All right. So we've done that. We, we squeezed that grape in terms of making sure that business is going good. Um, and I want to give you guys three things inside of your current business that you can do to add more revenue today. Now, um, if you're, if you're not already doing them. So the first thing I want to say that you can do if you, if you don't already is have a reference program and reference programs can look different for each, you know, a uh, business, especially in terms of what you're offering. Um, I've seen reference programs and this, this was before COVID offering plane tickets, um, in the continental US or sending bottles of wine or a date night or something like that. But just having that little incentive to your, your past clients for them to be able to reference you um, is something that you should consider doing, um, especially because you already spent all of those marketing dollars to bring in that client. And if they had a good experience with you, they're gonna wanna tell their friends and um, their family about you. So opening and asking, don't be afraid to ask. And that is something that we will talk a lot about on this podcast. Do not be afraid to ask. That no is stopping you from your blessing, period. End of, end of sentence, like it's stopping you from your blessing. So being able to ask your, your, your past clients um, to be a part of your reference program could be amazing for you and building your business and moving forward, especially with this stop in service with COVID and um, a lot of clients, uh, potential brides, pushing their uh, weddings out to 2021, okay? So the second thing you need to think about is a print sale. Now, I don't do print sales very often. Um, I use them as a mechanism to just bring in extra income when things are slow, right? So um, I know that there's a whole automated system inside of a lot of these gallery companies um, that you can use to automate this process, to have sales and to you know have those lead generate, generating emails um, from to your client about um, about you know sales that are happening inside of your gallery. Me personally, I don't do a lot of that because I don't want to inundate my client with a lot of emails. Um, but if you're doing family photography or any other type of photography, I know that this works for other people. But for me, I do like a sale maybe twice a year, 50% uh, off of anything that they buy. And because I don't do it very often, my clients always take advantage of it. Um, so I use that mechanism to pull when things are tight. I'm going to be honest. Um, so uh, I know that December for my family is a heavy financial month. We have two birthdays. Both of my kids are in December and we have Christmas. Lord. So if you ever ask me to do anything um, in December, just know that most my answer will most likely be no, because your girl is most likely broke. I'm just being honest. <laughs> but anyway, so me knowing that December is a tighter month with for my family, I scheduled those at those um, album 
um, excuse me, those uh, print sales inside of my galleries uh, during that time of year, right? So that is something that you should be doing. If you haven't already, you know, transfer to a gallery that has the capability to do print sales so that you don't physically have to, you know, make the orders and all of that, you need to do that because that is worth its weight in gold. Um, I'm not gonna mention any by name because there's so many out there that you can you can pick from. And um, the one that I use is amazing and um, just Google, um, galleries <laughs> and they're all come up okay all of them have the same functionality in my in my opinion but some of them actually just work better than than others right okay so we talked about print sales so the next thing uh we were going to talk about is albums um i personally sell my albums inside of my uh wedding packages um and if you're not having an in-person you know uh reveal of your images i know a lot of people sell their their albums in that point and during that time but if you're not touching on albums at all you're leaving money on the table and just because a wedding happened two years ago doesn't mean that you can't revisit the conversation with your past client in terms of their album if this is a time where you're like i really need to make ends meet this is a great thing a, a, a great avenue that you can do that with go ahead take the initiative and design the albums design them completely out um send them to your uh, to your client send them with an incentive to book or to buy the uh, the album in a certain amount of time, a time sensitive, you know, coupon and see if they want to buy it. Nine chances out of 10, your clients have not bought their wedding album. And two years from now is a great um, avenue to say that they most likely will never buy their wedding album. So you taking it upon yourself to design it for them to visually be able to see it, you may garner a sale that way. I've done it that way um, in the past and it worked out really, really good for anyone, for everyone involved. Um, the client was happy. They were able to make some small changes inside of their wedding album. And then something that I did is if they wanted to make changes in the design, they had to purchase the album in order to do that. Um, so that way I'm not wasting my time making it perfect and then they never buy it, right? Okay, so we talked about the things that you can do inside of your business right now, okay? And I just wanna, again, encourage you to say that I get it. This year has financially like been crazy. Um, you know, typically they say you need three to six months savings inside of your business um, for emergencies. And we're at the end of that, like literally like at the end of it is we're, we're, we're getting to the bottom bones of the six, to, the three to six months. So I understand it. You know, I, I, I get it like your girl gets it. So that's why, you know, this conversation of pivoting or doing something different to fill in the gaps right now is so important. Um, I'm a firm believer of, of holding firm um, into weddings because I know that spiritually, financially, emotionally, everything about my business is weddings is what I need to be doing um, and weddings is my calling. So for me, when it comes to pivoting, I always think about it in two ways and we're gonna break both of those down. One, when it comes to adding a completely different business and then two, pivoting inside of a photography to add another genre of photography that we actually do. Um, so for me, again, like I know that weddings is my calling. I don't do uh, family photography. Your girl is not a kid person, okay? Like I love other people's kids, but just not photographing them. And I know that that is like hard to hear and other people are like, really, what? 
But like, I love my children. I love them to death. I've tried to be a family photographer and I do shoot families. Let me not just make it seem like I don't shoot families because I do, but I found that it, my stress level of being a family photographer is not something that I want to manage on a daily basis. <laughs> like it's just too much stress for me. So I don't do it. I do it for friends or past clients. Um, and like that I've been doing it for a long time and watching their family grow. I love doing maternity sessions, uh, like solo, very fine art, very high end maternity sessions with the beautiful dresses. Like I absolutely adore those and I wish I would be able to get to do them more often. Um, but because I don't advertise for them and because I don't show them in my portfolio, uh, that's not something that I normally do. So again, let's going back to pivoting and talking about the two ways of pivoting. And I'm gonna start with adding a different genre of, of photography um, to your portfolio. So I'm, I like to keep my, my different businesses separate. Um, I really like to make sure that the ideal client that I'm attracting for my wedding work is coming there for my wedding work and she doesn't get, get confused, right? So I know that a lot of people house their family weddings and like everything in one in one platform and i don't think that that's a problem i personally have found over time that it's easier for me to attract my ideal client when i don't have all of that other stuff on my instagram um that's part of the reason why when we started beyond the pretty um, and I say we, cause my assistant has been helping so much in, in pulling all of this together, um, that I decided to have a completely different Instagram to talk with photographers. Um, because my wedding work um, and shooting weddings is something that I still wanna do, I like to have things separate. But that doesn't mean that having them separate, I still don't intertw intertwine the two. And let me explain how I do that. Um, I find that on social media right now that majority of people are interacting with your stories more than they interact with your post. So if you are looking to start a brand new side of your business, um, putting it inside of your stories may be just as valuable or more valuable than actually putting them on your page. So again, you can put them on your page and I'm not taking away from that, but you understanding where you're driven uh, your driven um, contact with people is like, is it through, is it through Instagram? Is it through, you know, uh, TikTok, Facebook, like whatever that is, you can outwardly pivot to something different and like put that on your page. Like this is something that I'm adding that I want to do families from here on out. But if it's something that you're doing in a short term, like, you know, doing, um, family mini sessions or something like that, put it in your stories. You know, I feel like a lot of people interact that way through stories. I put one post and then after the event is over, I normally hide it and I move on that way. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel cluttered and it still feels consistent with the voice that I'm creating. So the different genres of photography, like there's so many that you can pivot to, but I know that as we know as a photographer that each one of these different genres comes with their own headaches, their own learning curves, like so many things that you have to uh, come in, uh, learn how to actually do it in the professional way. And I'm gonna talk about my pivot in terms of adding a different genre of photography. So I, ended up shooting some products for another brand that I own, the Black Hair Experience. And this was like in September. And I fell in love with shooting the products for this business. So I decided that I wanted to do a product photography. So because I had to do it for the Black Hair Experience, because we did not have the capital <laughs> to hire anybody else for product photography, um, 
so I decided to do myself. And then from then I started to learn about it and really hone in on what I liked in that genre for product photography. My product photography is not film. And I know that there's a lot of photographers that, you know, shoot film and they can do it with products. Um, but I like to shoot tethered when I shoot products and my product photography is really colorful and it, it has like, you know, these patterns and all this stuff on it. Like it's just something different. Um, it still has like that fine art, uh, tone to it in terms of the way that I edit, um, just to make it consistent across, like, this is my voice, but it looks nothing like my wedding work. So I like that I have this in completely different, you know, avenue of photography. Um, and then this whole different skill set, because being a product photographer is basically um, doing flat lades on steroids, like seriously, <laughs> but with a lot more intention and thought in terms of making creative directions and briefings for clients, like all of that. And I like that a lot. Um, it allows me to be at home and it allows me to be able to use my creative juices in a different way. Um, so when you're thinking about adding, you know, a different area of photography, just know that it is going to take time and work to learn how to, how to do it, but you can do it. I, I, I don't do corporate events, but Lord Jesus, I sure would. They may be boring, but they pay very well. Like when corporate work gets back up and running, you know? So another way that you can use your pivot in the area that you're, that you're going to is think about your images, um, and using them for stock photography. Um, now there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of things that come into doing that. You got to think about model releases, um, locations, making sure that the location that you're shooting doesn't have graffiti in the background or, or like other pieces of artwork. Like there's so many different things that come into play when you think about, you know, stock photography, but it's a great way to be able to, um, do something one time and to put it on uh, a website and to hopefully generate income from it. Okay. So I use my stock photography when I travel um, and my stock photography is normally is my film work like a beautiful scenery um, but stock photography can be anything and that's what I love about it like it really can be anything and if you don't know where to start when it comes to pivoting to something else or to adding something else to your plate um, go to YouTube University and if you don't know what that is that's just YouTube <laughs> YouTube has everything you know what I mean like I really feel like YouTube is a great way to build your foundation. And then I believe in investing in other people. Um, <clears throat> so I always use YouTube as my foundation. Like, is this something that I really can do? Is this something that I'm really interested in? And um, once I'm able to get those basics down, then I try to find someone in that area that's mastering that when I'm trying to learn. <clears throat> Excuse me when I'm trying to learn and I'll buy a course from them uh, and so that I can learn from an expert. But always starting at YouTube, um, I was self-taught, self-made when it comes to photography and YouTube. I, I think I have a bachelor's and a master's degree from YouTube University, okay? So that is my my number one thing of saying start where you should start and before you invest and in, in saying this is a whole avenue that you wanna go into. Like start there and um, YouTube is great. So we, we're pivoting, we're adding something new. Um, and again, going back to your past clients, 
um, especially if, you know, they're clients from three or four years ago. Um, and your family and friends around you, put on your Facebook page and say that you're doing mini sessions. Um, and always make sure that you're communicating that you're being safe during this time, um, especially with everything that's happening with COVID. I think that that's very important. Um, but I'm not going to act like that, you know, times aren't tough. So you have to continue to figure out how to work and how to work smarter, not harder during this time, right? So we are pivoting and that's, and I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the word pivoting is like one of those things for me because I feel like even inside of my business, um, I pivoted to inside of wedding photography and just changed my business strategy. And I also want you to think about that when it comes to pivoting. Cause I'm sitting here like, why isn't this sitting well with me? Because like we can add all these other things on, but maybe inside of your wedding photography right now, you need to think about other ways to bring in money. So what do I mean by that? Um, I have this whole thing about, you know, being a boutique based photographer, which is um, basically a luxury photographer, charging more and doing less weddings. And then being a volume based photographer, doing more weddings and charging less. Um, I feel like both exist in this marketplace and both are important. I have done both and I've been able to make the same amount of money doing both. Um, and they all have, and they both have their unique set of, of standards and skills that, that take in terms of your marketing plan. But when you think about your, your weddings and what you want to do, it may be a good time to pivot inside of, of the type of weddings that you're showing and edits that you have, like re-editing other things. Like I'm always going to go back to um, making sure that the business that we currently have is doing as much for us as, as it possibly can before we add anything else. Okay. All right. I don't want to be repetitive. Y'all got that. Let's move on. Right. So let's talk about adding a completely different business, because like I said, I own two other businesses, one with a partner, one completely by myself. And, um, one of the things that I've realized about myself when it comes to owning another business is I can't own a business that is going to take me in different place, take me physically to different places. I need a business that I can run at home, that I can market on my computer, that I can, you know, um, do in my spare time, right? Because my wedding photography, my bread and butter, my love, that's the, the, the number one thing that's my priority, but burnout is real. And when you hone in on your messaging and on your marketing and on your style as a photographer, it, it feels a little bit restricting. And it feels a little bit like you put yourself inside of this bubble in terms of what you can do. Like it, not in terms of creative way, but like I can only do so much when it comes to weddings because again, it is somebody's wedding day and I can be creative in that moment, but allowing myself to open up to different types of photography and different areas of being creative is important to me. It keeps me happy. It keeps, I like to have a lot of different things happening at once, right? So when we talk about adding a completely different business, you know, the first thing that I want you to ask yourself, is this sustainable for your life? And I didn't ask myself that when I uh, started my photo booth business. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> right now. Let's talk about this photo booth. So I had a photo booth business for two years, guys. Um, for 2016 to 2018 and your girl was making money and it was doing well 
And um, I realized that during that process of having the photo booth that I did not want to have the photo booth at weddings. Um, it was way too much work. Like I said, photography is always my, my first love and my priority. And I kept it separate because I didn't want, you know, uh, it to, like I wanted to run it in completely different than the way that my, my messaging and marketing was for my photography. So I did it, it went really well. You know, I worked with John Hopkins and a bunch of other companies when I was living in, you know, um, the Pennsylvania area. And during that time, I realized that there was no photo booth that was communicating um, its core values towards the African-American uh, woman in our community. So that's what I did. Um, I made special props that talked to natural hair and like, Everything that had to do with the, the black hair community, um, that is what that photo booth was about. I got to travel the country, but your girl was unhappy. You know, I had two small kids and I was traveling all the time. At the time I was a volume based business. So I was doing a lot of weddings and uh, it wasn't sustainable. <clears throat> Even though, you know, I really think photo booths are great. I mean, before COVID, I don't, I know that they're, they got demolished as well, but you know, the thing about the photo booth industry now is all about elevation and all about the tricks and the, like adding all this extra stuff now, like people are, are being wowed by, you know, all the things that photo booths can do, but you know, overall, and they're also getting cheaper in terms of like, uh, iPad face. Uh, base photo booths and like all that stuff. But nevertheless, it's still, you know, if you do it right, you can still make a, a nice amount of money as a side hustle in running the business. So um, I had that for two years. I didn't see it as a failure when I sold it. Um, I saw it as me saying to myself, this is something that I did. This is something that I wanted to do. And it's not something I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. And not allowing those pressures of feeling like I was a failure to shut the business down and to refocus on other things that were important to me. So I really want to communicate that when it comes to talking about adding another business. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, especially if you've been in business for a few years, we forget about the grind that it took to get the business off the ground. How much time and effort <laughs> that you spent in the beginning of your career um, to get where you are today. So when I added um, my other business, the Black Hair Experience with my partner, Alicia, and the Black Hair Experience is an experiential museum um, dedicated to black hair and black culture. Um, that project was something that was really important to me. Um, and I really wanted to, you know, show black women in a beautiful light, you know, um, and especially our hair. Our hair is you know, so politicized when it shouldn't be. And that's gonna be a whole nother episode with my my business partner, Alicia, she'll be on here. And we're talk about, you know, having an effective, you know, um, partnership and how we are able to maintain our friendship of 10 years while running this business and <clears throat> the trials and tribulations that we've been through with COVID. Um, so that's a whole nother episode. But when you think about adding a business, you know, think about adding it with the partner. Like, why not have someone there that can help you and you both are entrepreneurs in your own right, even if they're not, that you can mitigate the risk and mitigate the amount of work that goes into putting together a business on your own, right? So starting with the partner, understanding the amount of stress that comes in and starting another business. But then I also want to encourage you just to do it. 
you know, I, I originally invested $4,000 in that photo booth company and I made my money back tenfold. And it was a lot of work um, and it was a lot of hard work. Will I ever do it again? Absolutely not. But the skills that I've learned from running that business, I use it in the black hair experience today. So everything happens for a reason. But if this is something that has been on your heart and saying, I want to do this, then you should do it. That's part of the reason why this podcast is happening right now, because it's been on my heart for the last two years. And I'm not going to lie, with the social justice movement happening, it made me realize how important spaces like this are. And I can't sit and wait for someone to create it. I'm going to create it in my own right. All right. Okay. So I think that's it. I don't really think I have anything else, guys. I didn't really talk a lot about myself on this episode because I feel like you're gonna learn so much more about me, my journey, why I'm why I'm a film photographer, why I'm a wedding photographer, the way that I, that I approach things um, during these podcasts. I think I've recorded this like seven times. I'm not gonna lie. I have recorded this seven times. Complete honesty. Because it's uncomfortable, because it's scary. Like this is this is something different, but I'm so excited about it. Like I've recorded a couple episodes already for this season and you guys are gonna learn so much for some really, really, really great people. Um, and if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Make sure that you leave a feedback, um, send us, you know, your questions over to info at beyondthepretty.co. We're looking forward, you know, to hearing from you. And I really want to thank you guys for embarking on this journey with me. Um, Like I said, this podcast is going to be a limited series, so we're only going to have a couple episodes per season, but I'm excited about it. And we will be back next week with another amazing episode. We'll be on every Tuesday, guys, every Tuesday. And we're going to drop an episode for the next couple of weeks. Um, And we'll just see how this thing goes. Like, I'm (laughs) excited. I keep saying I'm excited because it's the truth. I'm excited. And we'll see how this goes. All right, guys, I'm rambling at this point. I will see you next week. And you guys have a great week.